Alrighty, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with Shoot the Shizat this week. Counting or going back through the uh, events of this past weekend that were uh, the WrestleMania weekend with New Japan Pro Wrestling, the G1 Supercard with ROH at uh, Madison Square Garden. We just finished running that down and uh, then also the, the TakeOver event, NXT TakeOver. Now on to the, the show of shows, the biggest show of the year, WrestleMania. Every single year, you can't get no bigger. It is the, I guess, the last surviving Super Show. Uh, Starcade was the first one, by the way. NWA Starcade oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, they they were the first ones in 1983. Closed Circuit TV. Wow, there you and go. Then, yeah, and then Vince followed suit in 1985, and uh, he got uh, also Closed Circuit before the the age of pay per view. I think WrestleMania. Three was the first actually official pay-per-view broadcast. So, I mean, before that, right. it was just closed circuit. Anyway, um, so, WrestleMania 35, the first uh, WrestleMania to be headlined by the woman. And I have to say, right off the bat, the girls, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and R- Ronda Rousey, they did indeed do justice to being placed in the main event. They, they had a fantastic match, just absolutely yeah. off the charts. So all the power to them, uh, as far as the, the, the respect goes, um, these girls pulled it off. Anyway, I pretty much saw the whole thing. Uh, I, I woke up, I tried to go to sleep for just a bit before, and then I figured that I'd wake myself up like 20 minutes into it. I figured the pre-show, they weren't going to have any matches yet. 20 minutes into it, I was wrong. The Buddy Murphy match was already going by the time I woke up and turned the TV on. Oh, anyway... Yeah. Yeah, so Buddy Murphy losing the that's right, yeah, uh, losing the uh, cruiserweight championship to Tony Nese. Man, these guys are put together, and they're, they're just that's got they're true. built. They're both of them built like brick shizat houses. <laughs> they are they are truly more muscular and more bulky than I've really ever seen any cruiserweight be. That's so. True. How they're passing Other their than maybe test. like a Neville or something like that, you know. Yeah, I guess yeah, he's well, up yeah. there with them too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Neville, yes. But I mean, how these guys are passing their piss tests, I don't know. I don't know how what they're having for breakfast. I don't know how that wellness policy is still in effect. But <laughs> that's it. I mean, then you know, by the same token, you got guys like Bobby Lashley on the uh, roster, and I don't know how he's passing these tests either. And the same can that's be said true as well. Drew McIntyre, I think the same thing. I don't know how he's passing his tests. But it is what it is, and they are doing what they're doing, and uh, none of my business because it's not my company. But True. Buddy Murphy, I, I well, the thing I have to say about this match on the pre-show, they are so crisp. I mean, this Buddy Murphy guy, he's so damn in pocket, and he's so crisp at what he does. But so is this Tony Nese, man. It's like they did, they did the right thing. They had that dynamite kid philosophy. Uh, the, the philosophy that they applied to this match, which is do one move at a time and do it as well as you can. So you're not rushing from move to move. You're, you're actually doing one sequence or one move at a time, taking your time to do it and then moving on transitioning to the next thing that you want to do. Uh, and mm. these guys, they did the right thing. This was in pocket, crisp, very, very tight, uh, a pleasure to behold. 
Um, All right. But yeah, so Buddy Murphy's time is up. It's time for somebody else. And it's there totally neat. I don't know where they go from here, and I don't really watch 205 Live, so it's um, hard for me to say, but uh, good job on WrestleMania's pre-show. Moving on there, uh, Carmella winning the last, uh, or the, the no, sorry, winning the women's uh, Royal Rumble, not Royal Rumble, but the, the women's uh, Battle, Battle Royal. Royal. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they had like 17 women. Uh, you know, it's funny that they couldn't call up some more girls from NXT and just have 20 of them. Yeah, they had well, seventeen. You know, <laughs> an odd also, number. Like, yeah, the this battle royal was shorter than the uh, the singles match for the cruiserweight belt. You know, yeah. I mean, it was a really really fast match. Surprisingly, ten yeah, but, minutes thirty seconds something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, they, you know, they went ten forty with that cruiserweight title, and then so you know, ten second difference. But anyway, Carmella winning the uh the, the this match here and defeating uh, or throwing out sarah logan at the end and uh, i guess you know i don't have a problem with that i mean carmella she's catching on now and uh she's getting hot and the fact that uh once again asuka no place to go you know uh true nothing nothing really for her and i'm a bit yeah, surprised it's, it's really also strange. yeah also zelina vega i thought maybe it's her time i thought that i would see uh lacey evans in this match just mm. because of how they're they've been featuring her but no she's not she keeps she keeps on doing the catwalk thing and i now i understand why because after wrestlemania after uh what happened in the the woman's main event uh the next challenger for lacey evans because ronda rousey is done with the company she's moving on gonna have her own family wants to have a kid which I can understand any healthy woman out there is uh, is going to want to be a mother, you know, so I can understand. Um, so that said, the next challenger in line for Lacey Evans on smack or sorry for, uh, for, for, uh, geez, Lacey Evans. I'm talking about, well, she's the challenger now for the uh, title yeah. on smack. That's right. So like, yeah. So they cut the angle where she gave the woman's right to uh, Becky smacked her right in the jaw and sets up the feud interestingly enough interestingly hmm. enough yes maybe even in helsinki we'll see this match who knows maybe they're going to still shift the card around i hope so hey yeah that'd be interesting I hope so uh, anyway but uh so in this match some of the girls getting a bit more time than others to show their stuff and uh it was all right it was it was there you know Nothing super special, but uh, still, it was. Uh, I think this is the stories they're trying to push that riot squad, and, right. and they had those girls work together, and that's why they had Sarah Logan in there at the uh, at the end. So that was the uh, the story there. Anyway, so Carmella takes it, and uh, moving on, Kurt Hawkins yeah. and Zack Ryder finally defeating the two hundred and sixty nine losses in a row by Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> finally, didn't reach two seventy. At WrestleMania go, 35, he becomes a champion. Once again, teaming with Zack Ryder, another guy who never seems to win anymore. Uh, and and they become tag team champions on Raw, now defeating the Revival. So the, the funny thing here, by the way, speaking of the Revival, uh, yeah. did you see the Hall of Fame? Did you see it? No, I didn't actually. I just saw the oh. infamous now clip. But uh, Yeah, that's the one I'm yeah. going to refer to. Yeah, because so okay. some fan... So some deranged fan uh, jumps Bret Hart during uh, the, the Hart Foundation induction 
into the Hall of Fame. I and, know where you're getting that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah and, and Dash Wilder, you know, one of the guys from from the revival, amongst other guys, also, you know, immediately swarmed the ring, and they just. You can see Dash Wilder just feeding punches into this guy's face like potatoing the living shiz out of him. And uh and and rightfully so. I mean, you know, it's just so damn disrespectful that somebody would Definitely. have the jump to jump into into the ring and do that. Anyway, so be that as it may, um that's what happened. Uh so now we've got new tag team champions on Raw. And it's it's uh the Edgeheads from back in the day. These guys yeah. were the Edgeheads for Edge. And after that, true, career, yeah. after that, their career went nowhere. And they were the champs back then, too. Like when, when Edge hmm. was hot, they, they were the tag champs. Yeah, but, right. Uh, but boy, you know, it's like the, the winds of change and those uh, the anything can happen in the WWF, as Vince said back in the day, which is now the WWE. Uh, it, it holds itself to be true because... Uh, these guys could, didn't seem to catch a break for a long time. A couple of years ago at WrestleMania, they had that ladder match for the IC title, and then Zack Ryder took it, which, I mean, nobody believed that he would, you know. So mm. I guess it's one of those one of those unpredictable things that they love to do at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. And, but now, and now again, so defeating the, uh, the Revival, which I don't feel, by the way, that these guys have been established, you know, well enough yet on Raw. No. Uh, to... to be seen as a plausible threat. I see these guys as the reincarnation of like the Minnesota Wrecking Crew or something like that. Because it's like watching two Arn Andersons work. Uh, yeah, Not watching right. Tully and Arn. I, I love Tully and Arn back in the day, you know, the brain busters. But these guys are like watching two Arn Andersons. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is not a bad thing. But you know what the thing is? Like as classic as they do their tag team wrestling, I have one gripe, which is a very credible gripe with the revival. Now, classically, the way that tag teams work is that one guy's the setup guy, the other guy's the execution guy, right? That's the way yep. that pro wrestling works, right? With tag team wrestling. Now, with the revival, you have two execution guys, you have no setup guy. Yeah, well, there you go. That's my gripe. Anyway, that said, new tag team champions. I don't think it's going to last very long. I, I think it's it's kind of like Rhino and uh, Heath Slater. You know that uh, unlikely win, that unlikely duo. You know they'll have they'll have that time. They'll maybe draw it out for just a bit, but give it three months tops, tops, tops. Maybe two. Yeah, maybe yeah. Just one. It'll be done. But uh, do you think that so they're um, kind of given the shaft to the revival, or do you think that there it's just a you know they got more plans for them? Well, it's hard to say because WWE, the, the tag team division there, as far as like on the main roster, doesn't mean a damn thing. It really doesn't. Mm. It hasn't for many years, and it's really sad because when you look back at the golden days of you know the first WrestleMania and uh, and the, the the first real wrestling boom in the eighties, um, you know tag teams like the British Bulldogs, Hart Foundation, whatnot. You know they they were they were the absolute best. True. You know the funny. Yeah. You know the funny thing is, I gotta. I have to mention something. You know, nowadays the talent they don't have stroke anymore, where they can tell Vince, you know, what they want to do or what they, you know, what they refuse to do something or whatever. Mm. There, there, there's no more of that. You know, because guys, they don't have the leverage. You, 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 when you work for Vince, 
it's like his way or no way at all. But back in the day, like we're talking back 86, 85, even like 87, guys had stroke. I don't know how it was structured, but it's like honky tonk. He refused to drop the IC title to certain guys. And even like uh, the British Bulldogs, when they were the champions and Dynamite was injured, you know, he screwed his back up. Yeah. And they had that match with the Hart Foundation. You know that, that, I mean, they were supposed to drop those titles to Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik. Hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and the Bulldogs said no. I mean, Dynamite said no. That if yeah, they're yeah. dropping to anybody, it's going to be the Hart Foundation. Hmm. And, and the thing is that when they went into that match, Dynamite was, he was so screwed up. His back was so knackered that Davy Boy, first of all, carried him to the ring on his shoulders. Second of oh, all, yeah. As he got up on the ring apron uh, or uh, ringside, Jimmy Hart comes and whacks him in the back of the whacks dynamite in the back of the head with his megaphone, knocks him out. So it's only then a handicap match, Davy Boy against the Hart Foundation, where they pin Davy Boy in like five minutes or whatever it was, and take the tag team titles. And, and that was the thing, you know. It's like so they had stroke. They could say that who were you know who they're going to do the honors for and who not. And yeah, they, yeah. They, they refused to. So that nowadays would never flow, never ever. You know, it's like no, just, you're right. You'd be fired, and you know, yeah. that'd be it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. But just you know, so some background info and intel for people who don't know. That's really the way it went down. Anyway, hmm. um, yeah, yeah. That's and the big old uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah, Braun Strowman. I mean, could it go any other way? No. No, we. Yeah, this is one I think everybody called. That the, yeah. that's the really the only way it could have gone. And so. I guess the I guess they wanted to give these Saturday Night Live guys some some time at the end or whatever. And, and it's just another one of these things where you know last year Strowman had Nicholas in his corner, which was you know just whatever. Yeah. right. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> should terrible. never speak of it again. No, no, it's just in hushed undertones. You should like just try to forget about it. But anyway. Um, now with uh, Colin Jost and Michael, whatever his name was, I forget the the two guys from Saturday Night Live, and who yeah. showed no no personality when they came to the ring, man. I, I tell you what, they tried to like make a big deal out of these two guys coming to WrestleMania to take part in this battle royal. They showed me no personality, zero no. whatsoever. They're probably scared out of their mind. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're in the yeah, wrong yeah. place, the wrong thing. Well, that's it. And from, and from what I understand, WWE didn't have any lead in hype. Like they had no exchange of one of their guys, let's say Strowman, going on Saturday Night Live to do a spot with the the hosts. Yeah, would have been so much like, much better of an idea for sure. Exactly. So it's a one way street just for you to get the rub of mainstream media and get covered, like in the mainstream media for Saturday Night Live. You're just letting these guys march into your company and do a spot at the end of this battle royal with with the guy that's going over. So it's yeah, yeah I just dislike that type of politicking. I think I it's too. I think it's bad for business at the end of the day. But even though I mean, of of course they didn't win, so it's like it's all yeah. the same. Roman would have got his hand raised at the end anyway. anyway think about it that that way that they they also take two spots away from two of the boys, right? Uh, so, that yeah, that that's yeah. a could have filled that, and some guys could have got a payday. But instead of instead of that, they give it to guys from Saturday Night Live. But anyway, yeah, not, yeah. not like they didn't sell enough tickets in the first place. But uh, well, I mean, but, yeah. 
he's lost weight too. I mean, he's dropped weight. He he was the the monster amongst men, like as they tagged him. But now anymore, I mean, he's I don't see him as that big of a guy. Once he dropped weight, maybe he was weighing too much. Maybe it was bad for his knees or his back, or I don't know what. But mm. uh, but still, now he doesn't look as intimidating as he used to. So right. where does he go from here? Well, we'll see. We'll see. That's it. Anyway, main card moving on. So they open up WrestleMania and out walks. Well, okay. First of all, you've got the the host of WrestleMania being Alexa Bliss. I I don't understand this. I really don't. If you're the host and they make a big deal out of it, you're going to be the host of WrestleMania. Now, first of all, you should have some function other than just doing a promo in the beginning and one at the end of the show, right? It's it's like you, you have no function. Honestly, you have no function. So for her, First of all, to to show people that she has stroke and power, and to she you know that she can like surprise the audience. She brings out Hulk Hogan, and Hogan cuts a promo, and people pop. But Hogan has nothing to say. He's just like brother. I tell you what, brother. <laughs> you know, it's like you're here at WrestleMania at the Silver Dome. No, you're at the uh, whatever the you know so yeah. the MetLife Stadium. Uh, and and you know it's like he's doing a promotional plug, and he's not putting you know it's not. He, he's not getting himself over because that's not why he's there. But by the same token, he's not getting the event over either. It's He's just getting a pop for coming out, and, and she's getting a pop for bringing Hogan out. But then again, which leads to nothing because they're, they have nothing to say, which I thought yeah, was well. so self-defeated. <laughs> just really, it was so self-defeated. Anyway, yeah. so, then, so then out during the Hogan promo, right at the end of it, walks, marches Paul Heyman to the ring. And for the first time since I can remember, the WWE Championship starts the show, and mm. and it's and it's universal. Heyman's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the Universal Championship, where where Heyman says on the microphone that you know if you're going to have R- Ronda and Becky and Charlotte in the main event, you know, and and it's not going to be Brock Lesnar, then we we just want to get we just want to do our piece of business, and get the hell out of here, go to Las Vegas where we are appreciated. Now, was this a dig like indirectly? If you want to think about it, first of all, double or nothing, AEW, they're holding yeah. in Las Vegas, so it's almost like he's putting over the competition. Second of all, he, I mean, yeah. of course, he could be just referring to UFC, but I mean, then again, you can take it one of two ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but so, I mean, I. It's usually with <laughs> Heyman anyway. Those are calculated words for sure. Yeah, but the thing is that you don't let anything out that you don't want out. In other words, like WWE, mm-hmm. that's so tight of a ship that they're not letting anything out. Just like that Ronda thing, that promo where she was talking about that, you know, it's, uh, you know, she was disparaging pro wrestling before WrestleMania and she was putting it down in that one video that went viral. Right. Yeah. Don't think that that thing was just leaked out and they just somehow like dropped it without WWE's blessing. No, no, no. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they, that was a plan, right? They just, it's the way the business works. So equally. So if Paul Heyman comes out and says something like this, whether it's reference to UFC or to AEW, it got the blessing of Vince. Yeah, that's true. That said anyway, so Lesnar comes out, Seth Rollins comes out, Seth Rollins, before this match, had promised that he's taking this title. Well, surprisingly enough, it's the first match out, and impromptu brawl right at the beginning. And Lesnar just destroys Seth Seth Rollins at ringside. Just his his back is just welting up. It's it's turning red from the mm-hmm. abuse. And then all of a sudden, the bell rings, and it's like under it was like I think under three minutes of an entire yeah. match time. 
and and Seth Rollins hits three curb stomps in a row on Brock Lesnar, and one, two, three, and out there you go. go. Well, think about the how much money this Brock Lesnar gets for how how little ring time. But then I guess you know maybe that's it. It's, maybe it's the coup de gras now. Maybe yeah, yeah, maybe he's done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, what did you think about that? Start off the show with kind of, in a way. Like I guess it wasn't a squash match, you know. Inter- I mean, if you look at it for in terms of the time, under three minutes, uh, Seth Rollins wins. But uh, that whole brawl beforehand that Seth Rollins got his ass handed to him, you know. Like, do you think this was the way to do it? Yes. I mean, if you're going to have Lesnar go out, and the thing is, Lesnar, look at his track record. By the way, I mean. For, for the time that he's been champion now, he is not known for long matches. He's known for under 10-minute matches, right? True, yeah. Overall, with with anybody, doesn't matter who it is. So he's not out there to do long matches. And for him to lose in this time, hey, so it's fine. It's fine. Because the thing is that, I mean, what else would you expect from him? It, the the Lesnar match right now is the same match over and over again, regardless of opponent. Yeah. So for him to go out like this is fine. It's it, it's 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 really time for someone else to be the champion because the thing is, I think that people are sick and tired of Brock. I think Brock overstayed his welcome this time. Yeah, I think that when he got old, in the sense that people just had enough of him. And Vince, I know, loves him, but that's the word at least. But anyway, um, I assume that now, if you look at like who are the top heels and who do they have to to uh, work with. With uh, Seth Rollins, I think it's going to be uh, the Scottish psychopath. It's going to be Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, that sounds very much so correct. Yeah. So, which is funny because on this WrestleMania card, I mean, we'll get into it later, but uh, McIntyre did did the honors, did the job for uh, for for Roman Reigns. So it's like if you're yeah. going to be the challenger, wouldn't you want to go over? Well, that's that's just it, right? But I guess you weren't gonna you weren't gonna go over Roman Reigns on this night, I think. But um, yeah, yeah, especially with true answer, right? Mm. So, yeah, that's know, that's you, it. That's it. You know, you're you're up against the you're between a rock and a hard place, right there. Anyway, mm. so moving on, moving on. Um, yeah. Next match: AJ Styles defeating Randy Orton. I'll tell you what, right off the bat. Randy Orton's heart was not in this match. It was like yeah. he, he was going through the motions. It's like he just showed up for another day at the office. It, it, he didn't care. You, you could just yeah, tell. He looks like this, yeah. It looks like this to me, like for the last five years, I think, or even longer, that uh, I, I never see the fire in his eyes. So, you know, and he, he I even, you know, watched, watching him walk away from the ring at the end. Just yeah. looked like he was like kind of in a way like annoyed that he even had to be there. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess AJ Styles basically pulling all the weight here. Well, there it is. You know, it's it's it was AJ's match. It was time to get AJ over and and uh, to have some fresh faces lead WWE into the next few years at least of their future. Uh, yep. And I think there is more of an upside to um, to AJ versus Randy Orton at this point in time. And I think it was the right move. Absolutely. Um, I, I would have been very disappointed 
had Randy taken this one at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, but still, I mean, Randy could have had a more spirited outing to, with all things considered. I think that he, he didn't do any favors for AJ Styles, you know, in, in putting him, putting the guy over, he didn't do any favors for him. So that said, it was not WrestleMania worthy. Uh, I think it should have been much more than it was. Anyway, moving on, moving on. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, defeating Alistair Black and Ricochet, defeating uh, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, and The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. Sheamus and Cesaro. Anyway, the mm-hmm. fatal, fatal 4-way tag team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Well... They can't figure out what to do with the tag teams. Obviously, they mm-hmm. can't because otherwise you wouldn't be having these multi-man matches. What you'd be having is singles matches. Uh, not singles, sorry, but t- just regular tag team matches, one-on-one yeah. tag team against tag team. Uh, if you had strong enough cases for the guys to be there in the first place, like the British Bulldogs versus Greg the Hammer Valentine and Bruce Beefcake back in 86 at WrestleMania. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, this is just like smashing a bunch of people on the card here. So, like, uh, and then, you know, odd that Aleister Black and Ricochet are even in it uh, in that way that did they deserve like a shot at the at the title just yet? You know, I don't know. But um, no, I, th- I think it's them. I think it's WWE just hot shotting guys and getting guys like from NXT moved up to the main roster, familiarizing mm-hmm. them their fan base on the biggest show of the year, believing in them enough, like speaking of Aleister Black and Ricochet, believing in them enough to give them that spotlight on the biggest show uh, possible uh, to get yeah, them true. acquainted with their core audience, right? Not the mm. NXT audience, with their core yeah. audience. There so you go. Uh, in, that, in that way, that's what it's there for. And that's why, you know, the guys did, they had a few spots they didn't show much, to be honest. I think that uh, their takeover match, they showed a lot more, as they usually do on NXT, versus going to the main roster. They only show a, a very small portion of what they can do because they they have not been yet established. And the thing is, you can't give away too much too soon because then how do you... It's like going on, on, on a date with a girl, you know, or it's like being in a relationship with a chick. If you always give her the best possible experience, you know what I mean? Like whether it's in the sack or whether it's in, whether it's, uh, you know, do you take her to the club or you take her out to eat or whatever? But if you're always giving the chick that you're with the absolute best that you have to offer and you get her used to that, how the mm. hell are you going to raise the bar when it comes time to give her something extra special? Well, there you're you gonna go. Make, you're going to make it almost impossible for yourself to succeed. And that's the whole thing where that you can't get somebody, whether it's the kids that you have, you know, if you're a parent, you got kids or whether you're in a relationship and you got your significant other, you cannot get them so used to the good life, to, to enjoying the good things in life and worship it, you know, worship the ground that they walk on. Uh, because then when it comes time, that they want even more. They're not satisfied with what, what they have, but they, they want even more. How the hell do you up the ante? You can't. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You, you you set yourself up to fail. And that's why in WWE, when you've got these types of uh, newcomers like Aleister Black and Ricochet, you have them just give people glimpses of what they can do in the beginning. And then slowly as they get more established, 
you have them show more and more and more until they finally catch fire. When the, then, then they can like pretty much get away get away with anything. Mm, that's true. That's yeah. true. So that was it. Yeah, Shane McMahon defeating the Miz. I was surprised. I I, I thought the way it was done was understandable. I, th- I yeah. thought that uh, I can I can live with that. Um, yeah, yeah, that massive spot more, there. Yeah, the, it gives more time for uh, for Miz and Shane to continue that feud. I thought Miz's father jumping in the ring was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Shane fixing the guys, the old man's hands. It's like, no, no, no. If you're going to fight me, just get your hands up higher. I mean, it's like he didn't even know how to, how to uh, set up a guard. <laughs> oh, there you go, right? Yeah, that was comic relief right in the middle of it all. But <laughs> that said... Uh, Somebody please show Shane McMahon how to throw accurate strikes. Watching Shane. That's a big one. Yeah. Watching him just throw random hands and just like, like have no technique whatsoever with his strikes is, is painful to watch. It's just horrendous. Yeah. I couldn't agree more there. I mean, um, he just should stop doing them. First of all, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, no. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna throw anything, I don't care if it's a clothesline, a, a drop kick, a drop toe hold, a headlock, punch, kick, whatever. If you're gonna throw it, then throw a damn good one, right? Have yeah. presence of mind and have the professionalism to go all out on your technique, uh, your techniques, and, and to make it mean something to 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 convince people that you're that you're good at what you do, you know. And and I just don't get that vibe from Shane. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he, he's, this match, everybody knew was going to have this big stunt, which it did, that uh, off the like spotlight scaffolding into some uh, landing area. And it was, you know, huge and, and insane and, and all that kind of stuff. So I guess this was the match for that. And it delivered in, in, those, in those categories anyway, the shock and whatever. And I guess that comes up with that finish of that even though the Miz does the suplex to Shane but Shane somehow lands on top of the Miz and then they're both I guess unconscious and the what it was the ref went there and counted the three being the false count anywhere so yeah I mean I guess that's the way you end it uh, it gets in that controversial light and and with that huge stunt so but yeah, I mean, uh, in that way, it was shocking. But uh, yeah, Vince, I mean, Shane needs to... Yeah, it's odd that he hasn't really tightened up on those strikes because it was even last year's WrestleMania where everybody just couldn't stop talking about how crappy his striking was. So yeah, I don't know. You'd think that'd be something you'd work on. Yeah, I mean, I, you'd think that being in that position where you know, you're just wrestling a couple of times a year or once or twice a year, whatever... You, you want to make it special. You want to make people remember you in a good light because that's supposed to be special that you wrestle that seldom. True. Uh, but, so I don't know what's going on there, but it's, it's not convincing. Um, and okay. Well, the, the, the finish was, you know, with the superplex and with uh, Shane, you know, laying, laying partially his, his arm laying uh, in the half Nelson or what do you want to, you, you, 
consider to be the uh, the head hook position for the suplex. You know, so he was lying on top of um, Miz to the extent that you can consider that to be a pinfall. So yeah, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. I yeah, just yeah. I dislike that scaffold, the the platform that they that the uh, they took the bump on. Um, yeah. It was so obviously just a contraption just for that it spot. It was you know? totally. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, it takes the the shock factor out of it once you see that that was the contrived place to finish yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, there you but go. But yeah, uh, it is. The fatal four-way tag match with the women's tag team championships on the line. Horrendous. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I have nothing good to say about this. I mean, honestly, yeah. I have nothing. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to shiz out upon the girls just because some people think that I, that I, I get off on 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 just uh, not supporting the women's uh, revolution or whatever evolution or whatever movement. That's not the case. The case is that some girls are better than others, and and Becky and Charlotte and uh, Asuka also, I would consider, and even Ronda Rouse. You know, they they really are the the really good ones. I mean, the fantastic yeah. ones. Yo Shirai, one of the fantastic ones. Shayna Baszler, damn good. Uh, but these girls in this match, they're just not that good. I mean, it's, and you know, I don't want to say that Natty Neidhart's not good. I, I just think that she's when she's uninspired, she's just like. Mm-hmm. She's unspectacular. So, That's it, right? Um, yeah, and and Beth Phoenix coming back. I don't think the girls made Beth Phoenix to be out the glamazon that she once was. I think that, that that having her in this match, I don't think that she added really anything to to the overall effect or the story of this match. In in all honesty, I d- didn't yeah. feel it. I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the girls that won it, the Iconics. Uh, they're not ready. They're just not ready. Their their presentation is still lacking, especially the wrestling wise. They're, um, I guess, they're what you consider to be the chicken shit heels. Um, yeah, yeah. And that said, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, if that's if that's your gimmick, then you're kind of like when uh, Carmella had that program with Asuka, right? Yeah. And and everybody thought that Carmella was gonna get her ass kicked by Asuka. And, at, you know, she kept on swerving Asuka to the point where she kept on winning. And uh, I guess that's the same thing that they're going to do with the Iconics is that, you know, they, they come across as the chicken shit heels. And so now it's just the case of them finding ways to swerve and to retain their titles. Yeah, well, sounds, I guess, like one of the uh, cookie cutter ways to go, which I wouldn't be surprised. We'll continue with our talk about WrestleMania 35 after a word from our sponsors. Skip is the oldest sports supplement brand out of Europe since the 1970s. Engineered by professors, doctors, and scientists at Sweden's leading medical university, Karolinska Institute, Skip products are pharmaceutical grade, meaning that they are the highest quality available on the market today, meaning they work. If you're after results, you wouldn't put low-octane gas in a turbocharged high-end sports car engine, would you? Neither would you put junk-quality supplements into your body as an athlete. All Skip products are first tested amongst top athletes to ensure their efficiency. Choose the best, Skip Nutrition. That's skip.fi, S-K-I-P dot F-I. 
Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. Are you looking to boost your social media game to the next level? Then go to at Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram for an affordable, professional, creative content provider that can suit your needs. That's Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram. Then we get into the uh, the big deal, the WWE Championship match where Kofi Kingston defeats Daniel Bryan for the big title here what did you think of that one that was good that that was a wrestling match that they gave time to like they did the the thing is last year you look at it was uh aj styles and shinsuke nakamura and they just couldn't make it click and their entire feud i didn't feel that they clicked Uh, but especially weird too yeah yeah, it's, it's like they it's like they gave them a fair decent amount of time at WrestleMania last year to tell their story and, and uh, have it unfold. Uh, and it just didn't catch. It didn't click. But now the, this was the old school approach to a wrestling match. Once again, it was, I was a bit shocked to see it play out this way, to be honest with you. But for like just under 25 minutes, you know, they went out Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan and had an old school wrestling match. Yeah, and, they did. And it, play, it was really and it good. Play, and it played out tremendously. This is the one thing that I said. You know, it's like I was talking to Joe Cabray from uh, OTT, uh, Over the Top Wrestling, right, in, in yeah. Ireland. It's one of the top companies in Europe. They draw incredible crowds, like thousands upon thousands to their shows. And I said to Joe, I was in Pakistan with him, you know, a couple of years ago, and I said, bring me over to uh, to to Ireland and put me in the ring with somebody who can wrestle the old school style. We'll put We'll put on a clinic for your audience, right? You know, we'll, we'll give them the old school style of what wrestling used to be. And we'll make them believe and, and be happy that they, that they bought a ticket. Right. And he said, no, I don't think it's going to get over. I, mm. I just don't, you know, and, and he didn't, he didn't believe in it. You know, it's, because it's, it's not what people are used to nowadays. It's like they're wrestlers. They work a different style. It's like that high spotty, you know, contrived style. And, and, uh, as good as they are, and he's got a lot of good guys, a lot of really tremendous talents. I mean, all the power to him. But yeah. this match is is more or less along the lines of the old school wrestling match, and and that's yeah. what I would have been pitching, you know, to OTT and to Joe Cabray back in the day too, or a couple of years ago was the same the same approach as Kofi yeah. Kingston and Daniel Bryan used. All you need is a uh, is an opponent that you can do justice with, right to mm. to that style of match, and. Uh, both these guys are good enough to pull off that story and, and to get the job done. And they did. Yeah. And they did. And it was really good. I think that, uh, Kofi Kingston showed his, his worth there. And I'm really interested to see, you know, uh, we talked about this a lot before, but I'm really interested to see like how he can, uh, hold on to it and handle it. And, um, I guess in that way, you know, he's got this, um, uh, faction behind him in a way with Big E and Xavier Woods and and that, but uh, yeah, I mean this was good. Uh, I think it it was uh, it needed to be good, and it it uh, kind of exceeded that. So uh, I'm happy happy about that one. 
But uh, going in then to the next match, which seemed, I guess, I don't know, was this uh, properly placed or whatever, but um, singles match for the U.S. title, Samoa Joe defeating Rey Mysterio in a minute. How did that play out for you? Well, you know, somebody's got to go, you know, somebody after a long match, like, you know, you got to have a come down match. And if we're honest, Samoa Joe needs to be established on the big stage as far as like having that solidified push, right? Now, he just finished up a program with, uh, with AJ Styles, uh, speaking of Samoa Joe, where he, he jobbed every single time that they were on pay-per-view for like a half a year. And it didn't build up Samoa Joe at all. You know, it's like he's constantly losing, losing, losing. Now, once he becomes the U.S. champion, you put him over and you put him over strong. And the thing is that, once again, it's like, I don't know how long Ray's contract is for. I think originally when he signed, it was like an 18-month deal. So just under two years until if he, he had then the, like, ability to just opt out at that point if he didn't like it okay well there you go so uh, the thing is that he's so he's on a short-term contract second of all the future i think more so even if the future now is no longer a 10-year future for a lot of these guys i think it's like more so like a five-year plan or three to five years or something whatever it is uh depending on who you are of course i mean if you're already established or or like an older talent like samoa joe and aj styles it can be like three to five years um i think that the 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 case is here that where's your upside in this match if you have them go short and where's your upside and i think they did the right thing Mm. I, i think i think samoa joe is the more definitive fresher upside yeah, I think so too. For yeah, for WWE at this point in time. So to have Joe establish himself at WrestleMania and defeat somebody this the caliber and the stature of Rey Mysterio, uh like solidly defeat him in one minute is fine. It really is. Yeah. I would like to see him like to go further yeah. because the thing is that I think those two guys, I think that they give them like ten minutes, I think they could tell a great story. But you know, for for the for the purposes of this match, and the fact that somebody had to suffer the short come down match after that long Kofi Daniel Bryan thing, this was their lot in life. This was the card that was dealt out to them. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it it does like solidify the the dominance of Samoa Joe, which I think he really needed. Yeah, because uh, he he wasn't showing it at least in the booking. And then again. I guess they're playing off a little bit that, um, I mean, it seemed like Ray Mysterio had hurt his ankle. So in, in another way, um, I don't know if it would be smart for him to do more than that, but it, it definitely, uh, went for the, went for the right storyline anyway for that. So yeah, that was cool. I was, uh, of course, I think I would want to see them do a, like a proper match and I'm, I think they will do it. Um, you know, but, uh, but it was good. But then we had uh, the special singles match with Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre. And I think uh, they couldn't have gone any other way, considering the situation. But, um, I mean, what did you think of that as an actual match? You know, the thing is that they're really, they need to push 
like strong heels now. They really do uh, with uh, Seth Rollins on top. Um, and I think that Drew McIntyre is, is due. I think that he's, he's got a future with the company. He's big, he's athletic, he's aggressive. Um, I think he, you know, and, and he has the attributes that I think that Vince likes. I really think so. Yeah, and I since, think so too. And since he came back, I think that, uh, you know, he had with him getting into like super good shape and, and him getting like much better in the ring and be like being re-inspired or whatever in his work. I think that, uh, yeah, he's, he's up for it next. Um, I would say in the next year. Yeah. He's going to be the, the universal champion the next year at some point. Don't, don't you think, I mean, uh, to build him up as the, like the proper heel that, you know, people would just absolutely despise. This would have been, this should have been him going over Roman Reigns on this gigantic yeah. show where he's coming yeah. back from the cancer business, the real life drama. And, yeah. you know, if he's going to be then come you know, challenging Seth Rollins, probably in the near future, a buddy of, of, of Reigns, you know, it makes so much more sense to have McIntyre, like, you know, just beat the crap out of Roman Reigns. And even maybe after the bell kind of keep her going, and uh, making people just like appalled, right? Given that really yeah. offensive, uh, you know, brutal, nasty heel. But but then again, I guess they wanted the the feel good moment. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Is what it. it is. It is what it is. But anyway, so Roman Reigns going over in typical fashion with a spear on uh, on Drew McIntyre. And uh, where does this leave McIntyre? I'm sure they can get his heat back in the next few weeks on Raw as things transition to post-WrestleMania because that's where WWE always starts over again is at WrestleMania. They they basically, that's where their wrestling year uh, starts again. Mm. They they change gears. So I think that uh, we will be seeing Drew in the main event scenario with Seth Rollins sooner rather than later okay moving on triple h and batista well the first time i saw this i wasn't really impressed and the thing is i have to say this wwe they sweeten the crowd noise after the original broadcast so after yeah yeah yeah, after the first broadcast of of the you know the the initial on whatever the crowd response is you know they do the post-op on it and they they give it you know whatever they need to edit uh, they'll edit and and whatever they need to to redo they'll re, you know redo in that aspect that light right. uh, and, they, and they did because I watched a bit of it today before we had this podcast taping and um, the crowd response for Batista and Triple H was very different now hmm. that I watched yeah. it again versus when I watched it live uh, as it happened uh, via the original signal yeah yeah so. The crowd was like a WCW technique. I remember seeing Bill Goldberg come out. I was sitting in the audience at the Air Canada Center in Toronto, WCW Nitro, I think it was, or whatever. And, you know, Bret Hart was there. uh, And it was this thing with Goldberg. And when Goldberg came out, people just like shizzatted all over the guy, booing him out of the building, basically. And then I went to watch the replay when I got home, you know, see if I could see myself in the crowd or something. And, 
And yeah. all of a sudden, the crowd was chanting Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. I was like, what the hell? I was right there. Nobody, nobody liked Goldberg. Everybody thought, like, people wanted to murder the guy. So mm-hmm. I, I, that was the first time I witnessed that kind of thing. And it was really weird, really, really weird. But, yeah, anyway. That's, I guess that's the way is, the business goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, anyway, the thing is that, uh, like, live, watching Triple H Batista was was very anticlimactic. I, I mean, I have to say that as much as I've liked um, Triple H's work over the years, I think he's been a very, very good wrestler uh, for, for this generation, age, and era of the Y2K era, um, like post-2000. Um, but that said, in the last three years, his WrestleMania matches have been less than outstanding. I mean, there's just something missing. I think Mm -hmm. the last really good WrestleMania outing that he had was against Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30. I think, I think that's like where, uh, well, okay. And last year I'll have to, that's where I eat my words just momentarily, and and also the match that he had with Sting. I thought, like, for an old-school match, that match with Sting, where he beat Sting at WrestleMania, was was as good as it could have, like, been. And I thought that it had all the right elements, to be honest. Um, but, and and the match last year with Angle and Rousey against uh, Stephanie and Triple H, I thought was the second-best match on the show last year. Right. But this... There's something, and it, maybe it's a thing with age, and I understand because we're all getting older. I'm getting older. I'm 45 now. This month I'll be 46. Uh, Jericho is, is, is 48. Um, and, and, you know, like as we near our 50s, uh, you, there are physiological changes in the body. And it's just that, that there is a certain slowing down. Keiji Muta, the great Muta, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, they're both over 50, right? Yeah. And they're still doing that we talked about already yeah, 51. Right. So the thing is, it's like, but there are things that change with age. It's just part of humanity. It's part of the human experience of life. Uh, and, and you can't expect a guy that's 50 to be pulling out rabbits from their hat, like, and having the kinds of matches that guys in their thirties have or guys in their twenties. So therefore you have to take things in perspective. But that said, there's an old saying in our business. You're only as good as the guy that you're in the ring with. And that yeah. said, Batista was never all that good. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I mean, uh, this match, I wasn't interested in it at all. Mm-hmm. Other than the hope that, uh, again, with my bloodthirst, that Triple H would somehow get some driblets out of his uh, already leathered to the uh, uh, what it would be football, uh, American football style forehead, but uh, of course that didn't happen either. So I was not not there for this one. So, well, but anyway, is, I watched the rematch today. I mean, not the rematch, the the, uh, the rerun of it today of this match in particular. And and to be honest, it wasn't that bad. I mean, with it with the sweetened crowd like reaction, it wasn't that oh, yeah. bad. But Watching it as it happened, it wasn't good either, right? So it's somewhere in the middle. They had a lot of time. Um, I mean, this match was almost 25 minutes, too. Jeez, it was like, yeah, you yeah. Know, 
like 2445. Uh, it was the, so the longest had, match on the whole card, you know? Yeah, that's right. By the way, that's right. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, it was, um, hmm. it dragged towards the end. In the beginning, it had more spunk. And then as it moved on, it just dragged in a way that I felt that Batista was out of gas. Mm. When he came back and he won that Royal Rumble a few years ago, I thought he was gassed at the end of that one too. It was like to the point where you can't really even, you don't have the energy to put up your arms, you know, oh, yeah. as a sign of victory, you know. Uh, I've yep. been there before. I know what it's like. I know, I know exactly what that feeling is like when you're, it's like your lungs are on fire. Your, your legs don't want to carry you. You're just so blasted that, you know, you just, you, you don't feel like you're like, you want to do anything. Uh, there I've you go. Been there. trust me, trust me. It's like, it's not fun. Um, so I can, I can sympathize, empathize, but this is WrestleMania. This That's is true. Batista's last match, right? This is uh, triple H. Uh, you know, in, in a spotlight match. And for, like, Triple H against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, not great at all. Uh, Triple H against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, not great at all, right? So it's like there, there's been several of these matches with, with Triple H in recent years in, in high-profile WrestleMania matches where especially the original broadcast of the event, you can hear the crowd even is not into it anymore. Mm-hmm. And and this was the same before they sweetened the crowd noise with this match too. That the crowd just wasn't really into it uh, to the degree that you would have expected or hoped for. But still, Ric Flair comes out at the end, hands Triple mm-hmm. H uh, the sledgehammer, you know, and then it's uh, both guys with a sledgehammer. And I really hate when you bring stuff like a sledgehammer into the ring because the thing is, like, you hit somebody with that thing, they should be out for good. They're not getting yeah, it. Yeah, that's it, right? <clears throat> And, and the thing is, it's it's a piece of metal. I mean, it's not just a, a steel chain. I mean, that's a that's a heavy hunk of metal, chunk of metal. And and when you yeah. get hit with that or in the jaw with that, I mean, it's going to do some serious damage. You should not be getting up from that at all. Anyway, so but Triple H uh, hits some form of the uh, pedigree on on uh, Batista and the one two three, and there we go. There you go. <clears throat> I mean, one one reason maybe the crowd needed to be sweetened was like the length of this show was just uh what was it, like seven and a half hours or something crazy like that i mean with the, with uh, the pre-show yeah yeah so it's yeah like- i mean people would have been just absolutely exhausted and uh and they uh, were know, they were they, this yeah, because is, the this thing is, is that the, yeah sorry the, the the actual come down match i mean if you're thinking about it that samoa joe Rey Mysterio was the come down match because people were they were they they wanted to pop for the Daniel Bryan Kofi Kingston match right yeah. that was one where they were emotionally invested and it's almost like when you segment your your events like the WrestleManias which are long events anyway they're not three hours they're like you know so they are like five hour cards now when you segment them like this you have to really think of what matches you're putting where. Because you, you're going to want those people at the end to be passionately a part of that last match. But by the same token, you have key matches on the, on the show where you're going to need that crowd to respond also, like, strongly. And the same fate befell Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. The people were not into that match. Like, in the beginning, listen to them, especially the, 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 the organic first broadcast of it. Yeah, well... 
Yeah, well, there you go, right? I mean, and the thing is, this had, like, literally, it was two times the matches that were on the NXT show, including the pre-show and and, uh, taped matches on NXT. So even there, that actually got uh, in the um, pay-per-view more than two times the matches. And uh, quite a bit, I think it was about two and a half hours longer than the G1 Supercard. Mm. So, I mean, this is just like... Uh, like, un- I c- actually, I can't believe, you know, of course, we love wrestling and uh, and all that, but sitting there through some of these matches for seven and a half hours, you know, and of course, everybody's waiting for that, uh, you know, historic main event and, and that. So it's like, um, I mean, it must must have been tough. <laughs> must have been tough well. for some fans in and the thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised that this year at WrestleMania, now, no John Cena match, no Undertaker match, right? And if Undertaker is going to retire, which he has not yet retired, because the thing is that the next night at, at uh, Raw, he comes out and he, uh, and, he, and he basically beats up Elias, right? Yeah. Um, now, if you're going to have Undertaker be there, why don't you just have him at WrestleMania? Because that's where it's like that's his rightful place for the time that he's put into that company. Same with John that's Cena. Okay, they, have, they have John Cena come out. Uh, this is funny. This actually, it's absurdly ludicrous that at the end of the day, um, they had Elias uh, smash the guitar over John Cena about over a year ago, right? So it's not fresh. And, and it's certainly, it's been seen already. Uh, even in Saudi Arabia, they had that tag match. It was Bobby Lashley and John Cena before Lashley turned heel uh, against Bobby Lashley. Oh, no, against, uh, sorry, against uh, uh, Elias, and I forget who the other guy was at that point. And, and they had this match where, you know, it's just they ran through the motions and John Cena then pins Elias at the end with, you know, or whatever the the elbow at that point it wasn't even his his finishing move he just hit him with an elbow out of nowhere yeah and and, and uh, so anyway now this year's WrestleMania you've got Elias come out he doesn't have a match and he's not on the pre-show and he's like he's not in any of the uh, rumbles or anything like that at the, the battle royals so he does his skit where he sings and he has a song and then John Cena comes out and as the doctor of thugonomics. He comes out as Retro Cena, yeah, from back in the day, right? And he does the rap battle against uh, Elias. Elias, you know, gets pissed off and he tries to uh, attack Cena, and Cena swerves and drops him with the uh, five knuckle shuffle and the fu and leaves him laying, right? But no match for John Cena, and they acknowledge then later in the next match, Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle. They acknowledge that people wanted to see John Cena be the last opponent for Kurt Angle. Hmm. So absurd. They actually come out and they openly acknowledge this. Yeah. And and as and that was not a good match. Baron Corbin defeating Kurt Angle in his yeah. last match. Not good at all. Not the way you want to go out. And and just Kurt Angle's promo at the end of that thing, you could just feel like there's there's nothing behind his words. It would, they were like empty clatter and chatter. They they had he had nothing, no mm-hmm. spirit, no emotion at all. Anyway, uh, but it was not a good match. I mean, for Kurt Angle to lose in like six minutes and change to to Baron Corbin at WrestleMania, oh, just grim, grim. Yeah. 
like horrendous. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that was like a just you would hope that that was a card subject to change moment, but um, then again, that was what it was, and uh, unfortunate for Kurt Angle, I, I don't get it, but there you go. Maybe it serves a purpose that we don't even know. But then uh, yeah. Finn Balor uh, defeating Bobby Lashley yep. for the Intercontinental Championship. And uh, Finn came out as the old demon. That's and right. I guess that's the way, you know, I guess at some point they'll, they'll uh, you know, swerve it. But at, at this point, it's pretty much for sure that he's got the demon wear on that he's, uh, he's going to go over. So uh, well, the thing is, he, he's never lost as the demon in WWE, right? Yeah, right. And as that character on the main product, he's never lost. So when he breaks it out, you you know at this point that he's winning. So, but it's yep. it's uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. And you know, second last, they were kind of like the come down match. Then I guess after that deflating Baron Corbin Kurt Angle match, I mean the people wanted to see Angle win. They were very dis- disappointed in. Uh, in uh, Baron Corbin, they w- did not want to see even the crowd, the live crowd. W- they wanted to see Angle kick his ass. Yeah, but they didn't get to see it, so therefore it's like, uh, well, that was a come down in some sorts, uh, in some ways. As then, uh, it was a very spirited affair, by the way. Finn Balor and uh, Bobby Lashley didn't go long. Well, it was like four minutes, yeah, but it no. was very spirited, uh, high impact. They 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 busted their balls. Um, mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. Anyway, yeah, yep. the, that, that set up the uh, main event, uh, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. And what I thought was peculiar was the fact that they showed Charlotte arriving in a, in, in a, in a helicopter, right? And this was channeling, for anybody who doesn't know, the Great American Bash 1985, uh, one of the biggest shows ever by NWA at the National Wrestling Alliance, later uh, WCW, um, was... Ric Flair in 85, the first bash against Nikita Koloff and Flair. It was an outdoor stadium show. Flair arrived on the premises and came down in the helicopter on the field and walked, yeah, right. from, the helicopter, walked from the helicopter to the ring uh, for his ring entrance. And now they're doing it with Charlotte there. It's a tribute, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know, this is a tribute to Ric Flair from 1985 and his daughter doing the same thing all these years later. So uh, that brings us to the match. Um, Becky Lynch, the decided underdog. She didn't have any 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 title going in, as uh, Charlotte had just won the SmackDown Championship, the Women's Championship from Asuka. And uh, so she was the reigning SmackDown champion. And Ronda Rousey, the reigning Raw Women's Champion, and winner takes all. Yep. There what did you, you think? How'd you like the match? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was this was a main event, at least a WWE main event, and um, I think it, as we said, I guess going into this, rightfully so. And um, these women pulled their weight, and they needed to do it because, I mean, if this was going to be a stinker, then um, you know it was a pretty pretty bad deal. But uh, this was. I guess, in my opinion, the best match on the card. I mean, if if I go over, yeah, I go over was. the whole thing. I mean, this this was, you know, you could have if you had a tickets to the tickets to the show, you could have showed up basically, um, 
for the Kofi Kingston, uh, Daniel Bryan match, you know, just before that. And then you'd had a, probably a really great experience there. You know, he wouldn't have had to sit through. Well, I mean, there, that was, I guess the big crap with the Baron Corbin business, but, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, you at least, you at least have got the best of the whole night. If you, if you just came at the 10th match of the card and then gone through the, the next six, but, uh, yeah, this was, I mean, they're stars. I mean, Ronda Rousey, she's good. I was not, uh, I didn't have faith in her from the, uh, from the last WrestleMania when she was coming in. I thought she was going to fail. Mm. She proved me wrong big time. I was really impressed and have, and was really impressed again. Charlotte Flair, she's a, like, she's just a star. I mean, and Becky Lynch, she's got, she's the biggest thing in, uh, in WWE right now. And, and it went exactly the way people wanted it to go. Uh, and they hoped it would go, which was mm. the right thing I think to do from the office there. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea as well, the champion versus champion thing. I mean, that was kind of the theme. It seemed the whole weekend, they had all these champion versus champion matches and winner takes yeah. it all. And there you go. I was impressed. Yeah. And the thing is it was spirited. I mean, the girls really put their best foot forward. I think that they, they busted their balls, you know, uh, their ovaries, they busted their ovaries <laughs> Yeah, to put their best foot forward and, and really have a hell of a match. It was tight. It was in pocket, um, really nicely snug, you know, certainly not one of these Sasha Banks matches. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and that said, that's saying a lot because, uh, you put them, you know, if you're in the WrestleMania main event, I mean, you better produce, you had just damn well better produce. And and they really did. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of like all of them because the thing is that they, that was physical. It really was. It was high intensity, in pocket, crisp. Uh, the story was there. Um, the emotion was there. And it, it really had all the elements. It really did. And I think the finish with Becky going over on Ronda, Ronda's first loss, first and only yeah. loss in WWE, that was the right thing to do. True. Uh, honestly, you know. Although I go- will. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had she, had she gone over on on Charlotte, it's like, well, where do you go from there? You know, it's like, you know, you you beat Charlotte. Well, okay, I guess you can always do like comeback or whatever and do a return match. But now Ronda's leaving anyway. You know, and after this incredible build for Ronda for one year, if you're ever going to do something where it's you're going to get your dividends, you're going to get your your money back. It's at WrestleMania. It's going to be the last match that she's in. And that's the, that is honestly the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I would have to say that that finish, although as, as cool as the idea was, it was a little bit botchy. I mean, uh, you can look past it. I mean, this is like really super nitpick. I mean, this is a, you know, I'm sure there's memes and things already flying around, but as a referee myself and, and watching, that uh, that referee was like way out of position, but then I get it with the hard cam position. You don't want to be uh, in front of the action, you know. So there there is that. But um, and then counting it like super quick, not not being anywhere near the shoulders. And and I, you know, if you watch it back. You it's pretty darn obvious that uh, 
that uh, Rousey's shoulders weren't down for the first probably two counts or whatever, and they're jumping up and down there, you know, because she's, you know, struggling to get out of the pin that she should be doing. Well, and, uh, but, I, I, I mean, heard that is, referee. Is, yeah, I heard that referee got fined. It's true. Yeah, that's that's also what I heard as well. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but that is what I heard. And uh, But that's, you know, this is a real super nitpick. Some people actually, like, took it super to heart and uh, and were really pissed off about it. I mean, I, I think it's it's just the way that it goes. And, I mean, what were you really going to do as a ref? And, I mean, there are some refs I know that would have been in the right position. They would have refed it as a shoot and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's that is the classic way that should be done. But in WWE right now, you can't do it that way. Um, there's you can't ref anything as a shoot. You're being fed so much stuff through that ear, and um, you got to count three when you count the three. You're supposed to do it, and and all that. So it's uh, it's hard to argue about it. It's unfortunate that it was like a little bit floppy, but then again, I mean, that's, that's going to be forgotten pretty quick. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, that, but that's this year's WrestleMania. So pretty much we're talking about a 16 match card, um, with the pre-show matches. And so 12 matches on the main show and four matches on the undercard, um, which is a lot. It's a lot. So somebody's yeah. got to go shorter. We had some matches going shorter. There were some couple of five minute matches and, a one-minute match and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, but overall, what do you give this? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that... I guess two matches on the card uh, exceeded my expectations. Um, everything else was kind of blah. I think it was too long of a show by a, a huge stretch. So I'm, I'm a thumbs-in-the-middle kind of guy. I think that... Uh, that, yeah, I mean, those two matches... <laughs> Kofi Kingston uh, with Daniel Bryan and that three-way Becky Lynch, Ronda, and Charlotte. You know, those matches, I think, s- saved the show, and, and they they made it worthwhile to sit through it in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, thumbs in the middle. I mean, it definitely wasn't the best WrestleMania ever. No, no. I think I'm, I have to agree with you, but I would say thumbs in the middle, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... This year, um, all things considered, though, I mean, the, the main event, outstanding, stellar. Um, the Kofi match with Daniel Daniel Bryan, also very, very good. Um, no qualms, no quirks there. And uh, some of the other matches on the show, uh, good, like solid, yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway, it's been a long shooting the shoes at this time with you. Just like the WrestleMania card was long. Boy, we've gone long too. So we're going to spare you, you guys, <laughs> spare you guys the rest of the night or the rest of your day or however you might be spending this day that you're listening to us as we ramble through the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. Anyway, next week we'll be with you once again with our shooting the Shazat podcast. This has been the rebel, the rebel himself, Starbuck and uh, Dylan Broda. As we That's right. have given you our thoughts on WrestleMania weekend. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll catch you next week.